Welcome to Live in the Messiah's Love. I'm Kamisha Lucier, one of the senior pastors of A Day of Prayer. Thank you so much for joining us today. And thank you for um, joining with me on each of these podcasts and listening week after week. I just want to encourage you to continue to come and partake of the word with us and to fellowship, but also um, share this with someone else. Um, perhaps you know someone who could benefit from learning how to dwell and live in the Messiah's love, or they need change in their life. Share this podcast with them and be a blessing to them. Today, I want to talk to you about the believer's response to trouble or persecution. Sometimes when we walk with the Lord, we have a a dream that everything will become easy because we get saved. But the scripture actually indicates the opposite, that there will be times of persecution. There'll be times of trouble. There will be times when you're not doing anything wrong, yet someone will accuse you of um, being a criminal or, um, you know, may even call you a heretic or something of that nature and try to accuse your character before God or threaten to bring trouble to you. Um, During this time, especially in the United States, Christians are under a lot of heavy persecution. And everywhere we turn, it seems the adversary is putting pressure on believers to either stay quiet and withdraw or give up their claim in Christ, or become bittered with God because things aren't as easy as we thought they would be. So when trouble happens, when someone comes or to attack you, I just wanted to highlight and give some insight so that way we take the right response, we, we have the right response to that kind of trouble or um, accusations from someone else. And we're going to look at two different examples. One, we're going to look at the children of Israel when they were coming out of the um, coming out of Egypt, excuse me. And then the other is we're going to look at Jehoshaphat. And so the first scripture we're going to go to is Exodus chapter 14, verses 10 through 14. And it says, and when Pharaoh drew near, the children of Israel lifted their eyes and behold, the Egyptians marched after them. So they were very afraid and the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. Then they said to Moses, because there were no graves in Egypt, have you taken us away to die in the wilderness? Why have you so dealt with us to bring us up out of Egypt? Is this not the word that we were told that we told you in Egypt saying, leave us, let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians for it would have been better for us to have served the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. And Moses said to the people, do not be afraid, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall see again no more forever. The Lord will fight for you and you shall hold your peace. So when we look at their response, you know, the, the children of Israel, God delivered them out of being slaves to the Egyptians, and he did it with many signs and wonders. And each time it seemed like things were getting worse for the people, and each time they would respond by crying out in a similar manner and saying, just leave us alone, we'll be slaves, and you're the one that's actually hurting us. You're the one that's actually doing wrong when the Lord sent Moses there to deliver them. So they didn't see or perceive or believe the right things in their circumstance. 
Now let's turn over to Second Chronicles chapter 20, and we're going to look at this, this account. Um, Jehoshaphat was king, and <clears throat> excuse me, Moab was coming against the people of God. And when they were there, when Jehoshaphat found out about this, um, and he was in Judah, when they found out about this, they had a different response than what the children of Israel had when they were coming out of Egypt. And now this is still the children of Israel, but now they have a king and Jehoshaphat is king over um, Judah. And it's been split into two different, um, the proper Israel, and then there's Judah, which has a king as well. And so for Jehoshaphat, what he did was call the people together. And I'll just start reading in verse 12. It says, our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power against this great multitude that is coming against us, nor do we know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. Now all Judah with their little ones, their wives and their children stood before the Lord. Then the spirit of the Lord came to Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, and the son of Benaniah, the son of Jael, the son of Mataniah, a Levite of the sons of Asaph in the midst of the assembly. And he said, listen, all you of Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem and you, King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you, do not be afraid nor dismayed because of this great multitude for the battle is not yours, but God's tomorrow go down against them. They will surely come up by the ascent of Ziz and you will find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jeruel. You will not need to fight in this battle. Position yourselves, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them for the Lord is with you. And Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem bowed before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. Then the Levites of the children of the Kohathites and of the children of the Korah. Korahites stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with voices loud and high. So they rose early in the morning and went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem, believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. Believe as prophets, and you shall prosper. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who should sing to the Lord. Who, and who should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army and were saying, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. Now, when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah and they were defeated. Now, when we look at those two accounts, there were God was still faithful. There was a, a problem that they were facing. They were there were somebody that was trying to attack them and physically do them harm. And one one time the group said, oh, you're just trying to kill us, God. What's the point? You should have just left us there. You should have never bothered us. And the other people said, um, Lord, we know that you're faithful to us. We know that you're able to do this. And they stood and chose to seek God for his assistance and then to believe what was said to him, 
said to them by the Lord um, through his prophet. And then the very the very next thing they did was to put the praisers out in front as they obeyed God. They went with the praise in their mouth and then they declared that the Lord was good and his mercy endured forever. Why does this matter? Because God has a character in their nature and he understands and hears what we say. And when we accuse his character and call him an evil God or a wicked God, or someone who does not care for us or someone who means to do us harm or is going to let us perish because he doesn't care for us, that is an insult. And and it's accusing the character of God. And we should not take that perspective as his people, people that call on the name of Jesus Christ should know and always be reminded of and carry it within our inward being that the Lord is with us and he will not forsake us, that God is for us. And so it doesn't matter how many people or who rise against us, the Lord is on our side. Now, when we look at Exodus 34, we see the Lord, um, he's speaking with Moses in this particular section of scripture. And Moses has asked the Lord to see his glory. And the Lord explained to him how this was going to work. And God put him in the cleft of the rock and covered him with his hand to allow Moses to see his hind parts as he passed by. And as the Lord passed by, this is Exodus 34, verse six. This is what the Lord said about himself. And the Lord passed by before him and proclaimed the Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long suffering and abounding in goodness and truth. And then it goes on to talk about more of God's um, qualities and attributes, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, by no means clearing the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and the children to the third and fourth generation. Now, that last part doesn't mean God is punishing someone else for something someone did wrong, but it's saying that if you come to him, he's merciful. He will always forgive you. And if you don't, the sin will remain with you. If you don't partake of the blood of Jesus Christ and come in by the door of salvation, that sin's going to stay with you. It doesn't mean it doesn't matter how old you get. You cannot age out of sin. Well, I, I'm sorry, I did that, you know, 50 years ago, and now I'm 90 years old. That's okay. If you don't bring it to Christ, it still remains and you will die in your sin. However, should you call on the name of the Lord? you will be saved and the Lord will forgive you of your, your transgressions and iniquities. So in verse six, the Lord said he's good. The Lord said he's merciful and gracious and long suffering. So then for the people of God to come back and say, no, you're not God. That's calling God a liar. And when that happens, it's not long before we forsake the path of following after God. So it's really, really important to us that we declare the same things that God has already said, that we agree that with God, that he's a good God. And even if you don't see or understand all the things that are happening in your life, that has no bearing or reflection on God's character. He is still a good God and he has still been good to you. So keeping that praise in your mouth is something that you must diligently work at to make it a part of your nature as well. In Acts chapter four, the the disciples are now have now moved into their apostleship. Apostleship. Jesus has returned and ascended to heaven, and get, the Holy Spirit has already been poured out for them. And so now, in Acts chapter four, they're going around, and now the Lord is ministering through them the Holy Spirit. Um, without Jesus being physically on the earth, but he now dwelling in them and they're ministering to people in the name of Jesus. 
And the people of the synagogue, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, are angry with them and take them and beat them because they are speaking and teaching in the name of Jesus Christ and they just don't like it. And the people had an opportunity here. The apostles could have said, see, Lord, you know, we're doing a favor for you. We're being righteous and holy and look how they're treating us. And they could have felt sorry for themselves. And then they could have decided to be upset with God and angry with him and turned away. But instead, you see them rejoicing that they are counted worthy to be counted um, with Christ and to be um put out of the synagogue, if you will, or beaten for the name of Jesus Christ. They've counted it an honor. So when you're thinking about how hard things might be for you, when you're thinking about you're disappointed or why is this happening, understand that this is how they treated our Lord and Savior. They beat him. They abused him. They murdered the prophets and their children built the tombs. So don't be discouraged in your mind. Don't be disheartened. And don't allow thoughts of evil about who God is take root or creep into your mind, because I assure you the adversary will try it. He'll come and whisper things like, see, that doesn't even matter. Why are you doing this? Who cares? They don't care about you. Look at your guy. He didn't even come and help you. He just let you suffer. Wait a second. You cast those thoughts out in the name of Jesus and you hold fast your confession of faith, which has a great recompense of reward. When the when the disciples were on the boat with the Lord and the sea was boisterous, they said, you don't care about us, Lord. And Jesus said to them, where is your faith? So I encourage you to begin to praise God and thank him, even if you have to look back and thank him for something he did 20 years ago. Thank him for it, just like it was today. And remember that your God is faithful and he is not unrighteous to forget your labors of love. And he's never forsaken you and he will not leave you or forsake you. He is always on your side. Keep your faith in him. Keep your trust in him and keep your eyes on him. And remember that he is good. Psalms 37 verse 3 and 4 says, trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Keep doing what God told you to do. Keep being faithful to him. Keep rejoicing in and find your delight in the Lord. Keep rejoicing in him, and he will bring it to pass. He will give you the desires of your heart, and he will deliver you. Thank you so much for listening. If you have an opportunity, please like this episode, subscribe to this channel and share this podcast with someone else. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Mm